Marvelicious Toys is brought to you in part by Big Bad Toy Store, where you can pre-order the newest waves of Hasbro Marvel Universe, Marvel Legends, and Marvel Movie Action Figures. With foreign toys, high-end statues, prop replicas, hot toys, and more, Big Bad Toy Store is the first stop for Marvel collectors. Plus, check out their other great toys and collectibles, and use their pile of loot to save on shipping. Find it all at BigBadToyStore.com. Welcome to Marvelicious Toys, hosted by Justin and his amazing friends, Arnie and Marjorie. We bring you news and reviews of Marvel toys, statues, and more, because not all Marvel collections can be bagged and boarded. They're not just toys, they're Marvelicious. Hello and welcome to another issue of Marvelicious Toys. I'm Marjorie. I'm Arnie. And I'm Justin. And Justin, earlier this year, you commented with our C2E2 coverage how weird it was to hear an episode of your show that you weren't on. I now completely agree. <laughs> it's a weird feeling, isn't it? It's like it's like watching, like, remember when the Dukes of Hazard went away, but they brought in their cousins, Luke and Vance, or whatever? Hey, now, Jeff and Jerry are far better than Luke and Vance. <laughs> oh, I wasn't calling those guys Luke and Vance, but... <laughs> Just that weird feeling of, like, it looks very familiar, but something seems just a bit off. So, does that make you Uncle Jesse, or I guess Uncle Justin? Yeah, I suppose that's better than being <laughs> Cooter. <laughs> or you could be Daisy Duke. <laughs> I've got the shorts for it. I mean, you wear them and all at the cons, so the might as well. For it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was weird, but I'm glad to have you guys back. It's good to be back, Howard. <laughs> so you guys... Trounced all across Europe, I hear, huh? Yeah, we were over covering Star Wars Celebration Europe 2. You can hear our coverage of that if you collect Star Wars at SWActionNews.com. It was our 400th podcast of that show. But after that, we took a vacation, and we don't vacate that much. So it was a really nice, relaxing time. We went to London, we went to Paris, we went to Dublin, we looked for toys... <laughs> Not that often. We only went into one toy store, which was kind of odd and nice. Was it like a Walmart? No, it was some, you know those like fungicational toy stores? Like the craft, you, everyone has that crazy aunt that buys them the toys that aren't really toys, wink wink, you know? It's just to make you smarter, and it was in the basement of one of those. They had real toys in the basement. They had hobby horses on the top two floors. Toys are supposed to be fun, not for learning. We went to a couple of those department stores. We did go to the Walmart of Paris, and they had no toys. Yeah, they just didn't have even a toy section. They had trinkets, but no toys. But if you think we have it bad, over there, the prices and selection are insane. It was about 15 euros, which is about $18 for each Iron Man assembler figure. Ouch. And they still only had the first six. They had those large talking figures, like I bought with the Iron Patriot, but I bought them for the Avengers, where Captain America's sniffing his armpit. <laughs> yeah. 45 euros a piece. So, again, add about 20% to that, you're looking at about 60 bucks. <sighs> yeah, I've always thought collecting overseas, you know, especially in Europe and stuff like that, is just, that's got to be a hard game, because everything over there is more expensive anyway. I mean, gas is more expensive, milk is more expensive, and then to have toys that are flown or shipped right past them to get to America, and then probably re-exported back over there at a premium, 
I just, I can't imagine being in the collecting game over there. Yeah, we only did hit the one store, but it seemed to be a pretty major toy store, and they had lots of Legos and lots of other stuff there, but the selection was pathetic and the cost was excessive. So, Americans, next time you're complaining about lack of selection of your store or the price of figures here in the States, feel really, really bad for our international brothers and sisters in collecting because... They do have it so much worse. But I do know a couple of people, and I completely understand it now having gone. A friend of ours named Pete used to live in Spain, and we have some friends who live in New Zealand, and they actually find it cheaper to have American buddies buy all their toys for them and ship it to them overseas versus buying in their local stores just because the cost is so much higher there. Yeah, I mean, if you could set it up with somebody and have them collect for you and once or twice a year send you one big box with everything in it, that's probably the way to go. Yeah, I know a couple people who do that, but then you have to have a patsy in the States who's a collector himself and willing to just buy one of everything for you, too. (laughs) Exactly, and sometimes, as we know, over here, finding one of something is hard enough, yet alone two of everything, so... But it was an eye-opening trip to be over there and get to see the Wolverine posters all over the place because Wolverine opened while we were over there. And I love that in Paris, it had a subtitle, The Battle of the Immortal. (laughs) (laughs) Why why did they need a subtitle? Why not? It's like Royale with cheese. They don't know what the bleep of Wolverine is. (laughs) I don't know. I didn't go into Iron Man 3. Now, right before that, we went to Toy Man, because you always go to Toy Man about two days before you go to Comic-Con and then fly overseas. As you do, as you do. Yeah, we did a lot, and now I'm wondering about our sanity here. I can't even... I'm still jet-lagged, I'll be honest. (laughs) But Toy Man was a lot of fun. It was one of those hit shows where we loaded up the entire car, the trunk, the back seat, Got just an absolute ton of Toy Biz figures primarily, but a lot of good selection out there. And really, they're starting to pick up. I saw some premium format figures for less than they go for on eBay. Wow, that's that does sound like they're getting bigger. Like Every time you guys talk about it, I think I make the comment that it sounds like it's getting bigger and better every time. Well, we've decided we're going to take that extra step. And at the December Toy Man show, we're going to go from buyers to sellers. I'm not selling anything you are. Well, yeah, you're going to help me, though. Yes, I'm going to be your carnival barker, but I'm not selling all my stuff. (laughs) So you're getting a a booth? Yeah, we're going to get a booth. I may have a few extras of certain things, like when I was buying cases of Avengers figures and got seven hulks. (coughs) You need to take inventory. (coughs) Keep track of your shit. (laughs) Yeah, you've probably got a pretty good selection of stuff to put on the old chopping block there, too. I always pick up those cases of Legends and Marvel Universe and things and say, oh, I'll just take them to the forums. And I usually do. And right about the time I do is when they hit all the stores. <laughs> so That's I get... why you're the cooler. Yeah. <laughs> That's the name of your booth. <laughs> <laughs> the Cooler's Cave. I like it. I like it. So... Yeah, I'm hoping that I'll be able to turn old toys into new toys by selling some dupes and picking up some new stuff. Wait, wait, wait a second. Hold up here. I don't plan on bringing a single penny home if that's what you're thinking, dear. Yeah, I thought we were talking <laughs> mad money here. <laughs> no, yeah, mad at Toy Man. Oh. Well, speaking of picking up new stuff... The Spectacular Store Report. So you guys have been back for, what, a couple hours now? A few days? <laughs> <laughs> 
Have you had a chance to stalk your local retailers yet to see what's happening around you? I did go into our local Meyer, and they again restocked with Marvel Universe figures, but nothing else. Was it the latest wave? No. Oh. Like the Upside Down Spider-Man and the Miss Marvel. Hmm. It's an old wave, and they keep restocking the same wave. I did notice Entertainment Earth had a wave come in stock of repackaged figures like that. It was just another carry-forward wave, and nothing you'd want, no Blade, no Vision. Yeah, I've been seeing, like, I don't know if it's a revision or a carry-forward case or something like that, but it's got Professor X and Blastar with both variants kind of floating around there at Targets and stuff. Yeah, the one I'm seeing has Thanos, Red Hulk, Astonishing X-Men Wolverine, Upside Down Spider-Man, X-Force Wolverine, Captain America, Iron Spider-Man. I think the only new figure in this wave is the Rhino. Oh, wow. There's, I mean, that sounds like a pretty decent selection of some things that were previously a little bit harder to find. Some of those Wolverines went and came and went pretty quickly the first time around. Nova. So it's all carry-forward figures and newer figures at that, molds that they had. But those just came into stock on August 1st at Entertainment Earth. So I bet that's the case you saw, as it does have upside-down Spider-Man in there. They need to get Baghead Spider-Man back out there. Absolutely, Yeah, that's one of those variants that... Just blink and you miss it. But as always happens to me, on the drive out of the country, we did stop at a Target. And lo and behold, I found the Avengers Assemble figures. Not the cool ones, but the unarticulated ones. The Cap, Iron Man, Thor, and Hulk. And I don't know what it is that drew me to buying them. Yes, I do. I want to review them for the show. So I was able to pick those up, and I completely forgot I had left them in the trunk. And we get back to the States, and we open the trunk. I'm like, oh, new figures! (laughs) (laughs) Melted new figures. (laughs) Nope. Fortunately, good is the day that I bought them, which probably isn't very good. We'll be reviewing those on an upcoming show when I get a chance to get into the photo studio so I can photograph them carded and then open them up. Those seem to be, like, the first thing that Target stores that are now resetting all their toy aisles seem to be getting in. Like I've hit a ton of targets around here and, you know, to different levels of new stock in the aisles, but every single one of them has those new non-articulated Avengers figures. Now I haven't seen the Avengers assemble figures, but I did get notice from big bad toy store that my set has shipped. So I should be getting those in pretty soon too. Yeah, I've got mine and, when you get yours, we'll do a good review of them. But I got to tell you, from my first glance at them and have them in hand, I'm I'm impressed with a with a few of them. Not all of them, but some of them are better than I thought they would be. And I've read on our Facebook page that the new Marvel Universe wave is starting to hit, right? With the Mysterio and yeah, that that one's been a little more tricky. I've seen remnants of it at Target, and I've heard other people finding it at Target. So it's starting to ship, but. I have yet to see the full wave myself in person, so I I went ahead and got those online as well. But yeah, that's a nice little four-figure wave to to get out there, and I think they're shipping two per case, if I'm not mistaken. So if they do hit your store, you got a pretty decent chance of snagging the whole wave at once. But the only other newish thing I'm seeing is over at Toys R Us, they had an exclusive new vehicle, and it's it's Iron Patriot with like a I don't know. I mean, it's not a Jeep and it's not a tank, but it's kind of a little cross of the two. And I thought it looked a little familiar, but I know that we hadn't got that vehicle in the Iron Man 3 line before. But I looked a few spaces down and, oh, yep, it's a repaint of the Avengers Captain America vehicle. 
that came out last year about this time. Yeah, that came out right before we left, and I did have a 20% off Toys R Us coupon that week, and so I picked that up, and I'm not proud of it, but I did. (laughs) (laughs) We should stop buying purchases that you're not proud of. But then what would the listeners have to laugh at me about? That's true. (laughs) I actually am interested once you get around to opening those to find out if those figures in there are assemblers or if they're just the cheap, you know, five points of articulation. I'll open it on a future show and let you know. Inquiring minds want to know. But stores are picking up. I notice Target's doing a reset. I get the feeling that as we get closer to September, they're starting to prepare for the holiday onslaught. Yeah, it's a good feeling going into stores and at least seeing some progress being made in the the aisles. Over at Big Lots, they've got a number of the Avengers figurines. You remember those guys that came in like that weird half-bubble package? Yeah, those are the ones by Monogram International, and I've passed on those. Those show up a lot at Tuesday mornings and Ross Dress for Less and Big Lots. And the only figure I've been tempted to get is Black Widow because I like that character. But every time I find her, she's got these crazy eyes. Well, luckily, our big lots, first of all, had probably a hundred of these for $5 each. I don't remember what the real price was on these. I've seen them usually in the anywhere between 5 and 10 depending on the store. I'd say the average price is around 8 Well, they've got a ton for 5 and I managed to get you a Black Widow who does not have wonky eyes. Are these those breakable ones? Are these the ones that you see broken in the package sometimes, or am I thinking of something else? Nope, these are the ones that you see broken sometimes. Is she and... broken? No, she's not broken. She actually may be plastic, but it's the same company who makes the ones that have the letters under the base, so you can spell out Marvel or spell out Avenger. Right. Only these just don't have letter bases, so you can just pick up one and have a weird, about three-inch black widow. <laughs> Sounds like a personal problem. <laughs> they also had a whole bunch of amazing Spider-Man figures. Yeah, they had the comic series, they had the concept series, as well as the movie series. $9, oh, that's not a bargain. Whoa. <laughs> I was picking them up for 5 when the movie was out. Yeah. <laughs> Those are well over a year old at this point, and they're still getting full retail over at Big Lots. Yeah, the stuff that's been showing up at Big Lots lately has been regular retail on the toys, at least. Well, speaking of discounts, I guess Walmart hasn't restocked yet, but they're, they might be getting ready to, because I went into their clearance section, which, you know, is kind of, I don't know, sometimes it is clearance, sometimes it just has a red sticker with the same retail price on it. <laughs> <laughs> but they were trying to get rid of their, their Marvel Universe comic packs for $13, which, you know, not the greatest price, but still a little cheaper for some of those packs, they had a lot of the Doctor Strange and Silver Surfer packs and Falcon and Cap packs. But then they're also getting rid of their their exclusive 6-inch Spider-Man figures there for $11. Which, you know, if you didn't pick any of those up, those we reviewed those. Those were good figures. Especially the unmasked version one. That one might be hanging around some people's Walmarts. Did they have any at yours? Not at mine. But I started thinking, you know, those could be hanging around, and even that Miles Morales Spider-Man might be hanging around at 11 bucks. both of which are, are really good figures at that price. Well, speaking of comic packs, I have some news in... Sales to Astonish! When last we left our heroes, Arnie and Marjorie, Arnie had gambled by buying six comic packs, two of each of three, at HasbroToyShop.com. He spun the wheel to find out... 
Would they be the paint variants? I've honestly been waiting. I, I meant to ask you at Comic-Con, but then I thought, ah, he probably hasn't had a chance to get them yet, and then you've been gone. I've honestly been waiting to hear what the outcome of this is. The answer is, ding, 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 success, kind of, in a weird way. <laughs> I mean, keep in mind, I already owned all three of these comic packs I ordered. So no matter what, I was getting three duplicates for my booth in December. <laughs> but the problem was there was no way to tell which was the pack I had and which was the pack I didn't have because Hasbro Toy Shop had the identical listings. They didn't go variant edition or anything. And even if they had, I wouldn't necessarily have known if I had the variant or the non-variant editions. So I went ahead and ordered, and sure enough, opening the box, one of my Thor and Iron Man sets is the set I have with the matte paint, and the other one had the really very glossy paint. And yes, they're the same figures, but looking at them, there is no denying that these are different enough to count. Now, is the packaging slightly different as well? They are identically packaged. Wow. It could honestly be just a running change. It could be something as simple as... We ran out of paint. We refilled the paint machine. This glossy paint was a little cheaper. <laughs> I mean, but the fact that there's different listings makes it a real head-scratcher. So I was really happy that the Thor and Iron Man pack and the Wolverine and Captain America pack both quite a bit different. Now, the Spider-Man and Captain Britain pack, based off of just this law of averages and the fact that it was listed twice, too... Makes me think I should be different, but I'm looking at them and I'm squinting. I'm like, I think they kind of look alike. I hate that. That tells me you do not have a variant. I'm thinking I don't have a variant. There may not even be one that exists. That could just be a Hasbro Toy Shop listing guffaw. <laughs> well, see, that one I do know there was a packaging variant on where they didn't even change the art. They just moved the position of that inner tray with the character art on it down lower on the later release. I'll have to check on that to see if that's the case, but there's definitely variants in the Thor Iron Man and Wolverine Captain America set. So if you are crazy like me and you really need these figures, the way to guarantee it is to order them. And then if you want to pay return shipping, perhaps you could take the two that you already have and get a refund. <laughs> yeah, because there's still, I mean, even now that you have them in hand and a receipt and all that stuff, there's no way to tell which of these listings go with which ones ship. Correct. They're identically numbered. It shows on the receipt. It even shows on the receipt that I ordered two, quantity two of Iron Man Thor, and yet I got two different ones. Is it complete random luck of the draw that I got one of each there? Is it that I ordered the two different quantities? All I know is I gambled to get the variants, and it paid off. I got the variants, but it's an expensive way to get them. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> Not as expensive as that stinking variant Captain America Walmart figure last year, but it's still expensive. <laughs> but you know what? It's a gamble that I think might pay off, because like we just talked about, this line is going away. Walmart is clearing them out. Target already cleared them out, so I don't see these shipping out much longer, unless Toys R Us keeps the skew for whatever reason, which and, they've been known to do. And these minor variants drive me nuts, because there was a Toy Biz Marvel Legend I really wanted. I bought a wave, and I got the wave with all the variants. I can't remember the wave it was, but it had Beta Ray Bill. But then it turned out there was a running change on Beta Ray Bill where his skin tone was noticeably different. There's a more greenish Beta Ray Bill and a more orangish Beta Ray Bill. 
There is no way to know, looking at eBay listings, which one you're getting. Because most eBay listings are snapped with a camera phone. And even if it's in a studio, I mean, is there white balance on or off? You can't tell from a picture on a minor paint change variant which one you're getting. And so by doing it this way was actually my best chance. Because on eBay, it would be virtually impossible to know. Exactly. Especially when, like you said, it comes down to the shininess of figures being photographed through a bubble. That's impossible to tell. Yeah, I remember C2E2 and Wizard World last year going booth to booth with my Beta Ray Bill in my backpack, comparing him to other Beta Ray Bills in booths. (laughs) I'd like to say that this is the first time we've done that. You'd like to. Yes. You can't. No. But you'd like to. Yes, I would like to, but that's not going to (laughs) happen. Oh, we all have stories like that as collectors where there's been some variant that is just hard to find. I remember with Star Wars, there was a, a Mina Tills who had a pink face and a white face variant. And that was that was fun to track down. <laughs> but at least with different colors, you can see it on eBay. Yeah, to a degree. It could have been the flash on the pink face. True. <laughs> I digress. <laughs> I feel like every time we talk about Hasbro Toy Shop anymore and Nick Fury is still available, I feel like I have to mention... If you haven't bought that figure, buy that figure. It's a great figure, and it's $15. It was the very first Marvel mail-away figure. Hey, did I send you one to put a cigar in his mouth when I mailed you your care package? <laughs> no, but you don't need to. I have one now. I'll, I'll have to custom up some, <laughs> custom up some cigars for him. Because, <laughs> yeah, I've got like three of those sitting around, only one of which I paid $200 for. <laughs> Ouch. <laughs> Speaking of $200, you know... Euro trips are a little bit expensive. The dollar, it sucks. Everything over there costs more, plus you're, every single bite you eat is eating out and you're paying for hotels. So what better time for Hot Toys and Sideshow to release not one, not two, but three Hot Toys in a day? <laughs> I I thought about you as these announcements were coming out. I'm like, oh, geez, I wonder if Arnie has cell service. And if so, is he freaking out right now? Here's how it went down. Because... You know, Japan, they were posting these just a few hours ahead of us getting up, okay? So I kept seeing them on Facebook when I'd get up. So maybe Sideshow was doing them at night. I'm not sure when this was happening. But I'd get up and see it, and we had Wi-Fi in the hotel, and I'd be like, oh, crap. And then Arnie (laughs) would get up and check Facebook. Ooh, the Hot Toys just went on sale. We were also standing at the Eiffel Tower on my birthday, and something went up on sale, and Arnie's hopping on the Wi-Fi, sending out the newsletter. (laughs) Now, is the Eiffel Tower just a big cell tower? (laughs) I think so, yeah. (laughs) I had great reception. (laughs) Yes, the things I do for our listeners in the shadow of the Eiffel Tower, sending out a newsletter. Thank you to the one person who actually clicked the link in the newsletter. And to all the rest of you, please click the links in our newsletter and from our homepage. We really need you to start doing that. But I got to say, I know you guys talked about them on the last show, but I know I'm the one who did this. I know I went on the air and said, Hot Toys, bring me the house party protocol. Bring me all 42 armors, plus Iron Patriot and Pepper Potts. I know that I damned myself, but I didn't expect it all at once, and I could not believe that on one single day, the Captain America pajamas first Avenger figure went up. (laughs) Pajama cap. (laughs) Really called the Star Spangled Man. (laughs) But then, also, they put up the Silver Centurion Iron Man, which was a Sideshow exclusive figure, and I'm like, oh, God, all right. So, 
ordered both of those because they're exclusive figures. But then they put up the figure absolutely nobody asked for that I know of, and that was the mechanic Tony Stark. That one's hilarious. I really, really like that one. I wonder if they're going to make a Hot Toys of that little boy. <laughs> I, I know they will, and you know how I know? How? We're connected. Oh, oh. <laughs> Dad's leave. Don't be a pussy. <laughs> I spent all our money. Don't be a pussy. <laughs> spent your whole per diem. <laughs> I decided I was going to take a stand. I decided being all in on Hot Toys was silly. I decided the mechanic wasn't worth it. Whoa. Well, I, I tell you what. You're, you can still be all in and not feel bad about it. Because when they release more than one unarmored version of Tony Stark from the same movie, I think you only need one of them. And this is the second one from Iron Man 3 already of civilian Tony. And I know you said that you weren't getting any characters in loafers. How do you feel about sneakers? <laughs> <laughs> that was kind of my uh, my takeaway from the announcement was, whoa, look at those shoes. <laughs> those, are, those are pretty sweet. And to be honest with you, if I do get one unarmored Tony figure, this is going to be the one. Because he comes with cool sunglasses and that, that shot glove he made and his hoodie. I mean, he's he's pretty sweet. You're telling me this just to get me to buy it, aren't you? Yeah, let, let's cool this, Justin. Come on. Stop it. <laughs> I already said on last week's show that this is the one that I'm going to keep my eye on. Once Iron Patriot gets a little closer to shipping, if this Tony's still kind of hanging around, I might I might pull the trigger on him. Well, I already did. Yeah. <laughs> So, wait, what happened to five seconds ago when you decided you weren't all in? Well, that was in Europe. Oh, okay. So now back stateside. What happened was I then got to Sideshow's actual website. They did a redesign, and I'm like, oh, let me go look at this website. Because one of the reasons I passed is I felt for sure that this was going to be the Abigail Whistler of Iron Man 3. I thought this was going to be the Black Widow of Iron Man 3. Because the Iron Man 2 Black Widow plummeted secondary market until she finally sold out. And she became gift card eligible. And Whistler, how old was Whistler when I started collecting hot toys? She was still sitting on the sideshow site. And I picked her up for a song. Get what I did there? Ha! <laughs> yeah, I, I live with this. <laughs> <laughs> so I thought for sure that this has no armor. It's the second one. I thought for sure this was going to be reduced in price. But then when I got stateside and I took a look, I suddenly realized, to my dismay, that awesome wrist repulsor that you like, it's an exclusive accessory. Okay, so you are back, and this is where I got a little confused, and you being a little more Hot Toys exclusives, you know, literate than I am. What does the special markets exclusive mean on that? What it means is that there's two versions of this figure out there. And with selected markets, I think it used to just be like a Hot Toys Tokyo exclusive thing. But us Americans started to gripe. And a lot of times they also remember the milk exclusive, the MLK con exclusives and things like that. A lot of these figures they're releasing were Toy Fair's exclusive figures, like the Star Spangled Man. And so, because they're also selling them here on Sideshow, they've just called it exclusive for selected markets. So, only Sideshow plus a couple of exclusive places are going to have this accessory available. What kicked me in the nuts <laughs> was that one of the exclusive territory items was not made available 
through Sideshow on a previous Hot Toys. Hmm. The red snapper armor has an exclusive crushed Iron Man helmet in limited markets, but Sideshow didn't offer it. So I had to go to eBay and do... We'll, we'll ballpark it at double the retail price. Yikes. So, here's what I'm thinking with this Tony Stark. They could have made one Tony Stark and just gave him a ton of accessories and instead of charging, what, the 280 or 300 that he is, charge like 350 And we could have dressed him up how we wanted to. He could have been Mission Attack Tony Stark or he could have been beginning of the movie Armor Test Iron Man. They could have, but I'm kind of glad they didn't because having messed with the Wolverine one they did from X-Men Origins. Those zippers are so fragile and everything. And even when they did the Star Wars Luke Skywalker, they ended up just sending two bodies and charging for that. I would have liked a double pack of Tony Starks, maybe, where you just get the Iron Man 3 Tony Starks, and they sent two bodies with two uniforms, but then you could get the two heads, a beaten-up head and a not-beaten-up head, and maybe... Save on some of the accessories, like the different hands, like this mechanic Tony Stark comes with hands in curved finger position, hand in pulling trigger position. We could have perhaps doubled up on some of that. Yeah, I think that would have been the way to do it, especially with how many figures are going to be coming from this line. I don't think there's any any signs of it slowing down yet either. Well, there was HK Figure Club interviewed Howard Chan of Hot Toys about these and asked, how many Iron Man are you planning on doing? And it was a really telling interview because, first of all, what they said was there isn't a plan on how many Iron Man they do. It's all about sales and fan reaction. The sales on the early ones were so amazing that they're doing these others. And how many they do, they have, they hope they can support the series a little longer and Right now, they said because the sales are doing so well, there's a high chance they may even make an Iron Man 3 Pepper Potts. <laughs> wow. <laughs> You're going to get your wish, Arnie. Your wish and your worst nightmare all rolled into one. Eventually, this is going to die down, right? I mean... I think so, because even I, a completist, almost skipped the mechanic until I found out about the exclusive accessory. And I think they're still kind of hitting on a little bit of Iron Man 3 fervor, but that's going to fade as we get closer to Thor and then the Winter Soldier and then Guardians of the Galaxy, you know, Iron Man's going to kind of go to the back of the line again for a while. And some of these things are not shipping for quite a while yet. Yeah, that's something that's honestly scaring me a little bit is the fact that I'm now pre-ordering Hot Toys a year out. They're shipping in April of 14 and such. And that's a little bit longer than I like it to be, especially since there's always a two- to three-month lag before they're released anyway. Mm-hmm. It makes me a little bit nervous. Sideshow is doing this a lot, though. It's not just with the Hot Toys products. They put up a couple more premium formats that are shipping in mid-2014. It really it's It's been the deciding point on a few late-night clicking sessions I've had where it's like, you know what, I am going to get that. Oh, wait, it doesn't ship until February or March? Eh, I'll think about it a little longer. And then I end up not pre-ordering. Well, see, and this is where I'm glad that you do FlexPlay, because you don't have these random $400 charges on the credit card when you have no idea it's coming. That's also why I did order what I did, is because I'm honestly, with all these hot toys, thinking, how much can I afford to FlexPay each month? It would start to break me. 
And when I noticed they weren't shipping till 2014, it actually made me go, oh, okay, well, some of the others will have shipped by the time these start charging me. <laughs> there actually is a point where you're going to be in danger of, like, missing pre-orders on the horizon. Like, it's going to eventually dwindle off. It might be two years, four, five years down the line, but there's going to come a time where you don't have, like, five or six hot toys in the pre-order queue. I don't know if that's coming anytime soon because they've already announced the next armor. Not up for order by the time we record this, but I bet it's up for order by the time it's released. The Midas armor. That one's pretty. I like that one. I'll go ahead and order that one. (laughs) I wasn't saying that. Oh, I don't need your permission either. I wasn't saying I was waiting for it. (laughs) (laughs) See, that one, that is a straight up repaint, which, hey, not bad. But you're gonna have to you're gonna have to convince me that was in the movie before I could even consider getting a repaint of the Mark Seven. Yes, it was all in the house party protocol, Justin. What do you mean you have to <laughs> make sure it was in the movie? <laughs> hey, I can have plausible deniability and not have to order all of these things. Well, Justin, I'm looking at a screenshot from the house party protocol, and he's clearly there on the far left. <laughs> okay, pre-order him. <laughs> it is cool. I mean, it's a cool paint job. He's gold, and I don't know if you're going to call that bronze or copper. It's neat looking. And it's another exclusive figure. It's the 2013 Summer Exclusive. <laughs> it's the exclusives. That's how they get you. Well, before we stop talking about Hot Toys, a couple more things came out in that interview that I found really interesting. One of the questions that he was asked was, how does working with DC compare to working with Marvel? And he kind of slammed Marvel. Hmm. Like, they're kind of divas? The question was, you know, you've talked about doing quarter-scale or twelfth-scale figures. Are there going to be any quarter-scale or twelfth-scale Iron Man figures? And the response was, no, because the one-sixth scale is their focus, and there are companies already doing one-quarter-scale or one-twenty-second scale, and they're doing it because they couldn't get the one-sixth scale license that Hot Toys has. And... Then they go on that Disney and Marvel allow different companies to create products for their characters, despite the fact that the company and perhaps the other companies paid a huge sum for licensing, but Hot Toys has to just pride themselves on the quality of their figures. And when comparing DC to Marvel, what they said was DC is more respectful to the licensee. They recognize Hot Toys as a company that delivers high standard quality. They understand Hot Toys more and have their, being Hot Toys, best interest in mind and try to protect Hot Toys from direct or indirect competition. So you take what they were saying about the different scales of Iron Man from these other companies in context with this. Basically, what they're saying is Hot Toys is a little bit pissed about the play imaginative and the all the different scales of Iron Man that we've been discussing. Yeah, I, it sounds less of a Marvel problem and more of an Iron Man problem. But yeah, I, I take the point. That's I mean, we've talked about it over the last couple of weeks, and even while we were on the floor at Comic-Con, it's getting to be confusing as to who holds what rights for which scale and what's coming out where, and it's... It's it's confusing to the consumer. I can't imagine how it is being a licensee. But I am excited. Marjorie did tell me after Comic-Con that for my birthday she ordered me the play imaginative Iron Man. I thought you were on to me. He he was he was dropping hints like he knew and I was drunk and I <laughs> spilled the beans. Hey, better safe than sorry. Better safe than having 
two of them. Exactly. You know? Two of the exact same ones. That's what I was worried about because I start to get nervous and he wants to go back to the booth to go buy another one. And, and actually, to clarify, you got Iron Patriot. Yeah, I got Iron Patriot because that's the one you were drooling over and I was really worried you were going to buy it. <laughs> our, our covert mission worked out so well at the time, though, Marjorie. I know, but I can't trust him because he's nuts. I know. <laughs> well, if you also want to pre-order the Play Imaginative Iron Patriot, War Machine, or any of these other Super Alloy 112 scale figures, check out Marvelicious Toys sponsor Big Bad Toy Store, and please use the link from our homepage. It puts a little cookie and lets them know that you're coming from our page and that it's worth supporting our show. Exactly. And finally, to wrap up this week... Last weekend was Wizard World Chicago. It was the biggest Wizard World Chicago we've ever attended. The first time they took up two floors. Marjorie and I were there, and here's our report. Well, we are driving home from Wizard World today. We went two days to the convention in Chicago, and different year for Wizard World this year. Yeah, they completely changed the layout. I've been going to Wizard World... Every single year since 2000, I believe. And Marjorie started joining me every year in 2002, I think it was, when we started going for Star Wars actors' autographs. And back in that day, it was such a huge convention. Lucasfilm had an official presence. Marvel had a booth there. DC had a booth there. Now, it seems to be a combination of flea market and celebrity gawking. And we'd talked in our reviews of this here and on Star Wars Action News, the Star Wars Collecting Podcast. You can listen to it at SWActionNews.com about how the layout of the show had really created a quagmire. This year is the first time in, God, 13 years of me going, 14 years of me going, that they aren't in the main hall. Instead, there was the World's Fair of Money. I have no idea what that is, but perhaps we should have gone there instead because maybe we would have made money. Yeah, I spent a lot of money at this con, so I would have much rather gone to the World's Fair and made some. But instead they had it as a two-floor convention, and on the first floor was the Artist Alley, which was really huge. In our C2E2 coverage, I was talking about how that was the place for artists. I still don't think that they lived up to C2E2 in terms of the depth of the names of the artists they had there, but there were some really big names and then a lot of just other artists out there. And on the same floor was the autograph area where Stan Lee was doing photo ops and Robert Rodriguez is probably, well, to me, the biggest name because he's a film director, but Michael Shannon and some people from Firefly seem to have the biggest lines. Yeah, the big lines were like Summer Glau and people like that. Alan Tudyk from I Say Dodgeball, You Say Firefly, whatever. I actually say Suburgatory. Well, yeah, that too. And then on the upper floor were all of the vendors and small press. And it was a really weird atmosphere up there because you had gun booths, comic dealers. There was no organization. A lot of times you'd have all the comic people together and all the toy people together. That's something Comic-Con and C2E2 really did. And in the past, Wizard World has somewhat felt like that. Here, you had no idea what the next booth was going to offer. And it made it really easy to get through all the shopping in just a couple of hours because you didn't have all of the looky-loos and rubbernecking 
for the celebrities. You weren't trying to weave your way through a Stan Lee line while buying some toys. Yeah, it really did help having the autographs move to a completely different location since their autographs have just exploded. They had some really top-notch people there this year. And had that been in the middle of the floor, we would have had the same traffic flow problem we've had previously. I didn't like how the booths weren't organized. It was just random and things thrown around. And it seemed like they had a lot of stuff that maybe was just odd. Like, I ended up with a crap load of Viverin because the guy kept, like, dumping it in my hand and forcing me to take it. It's like the worst kind of, you know, put drug pusher ever out there. And just a lot of, like, weird saber sellers and, like, stuff you find at the state fair, like the light-up hats, the light-up shirts, like novelty kind of things. True. As far as the shopping goes, we'll start there with the vendors. There were a lot of interesting finds. I mean, I think this convention has one of the deepest variety of items that I've seen. I mean, we, of course, had the recent Marvel Legends, the recent Marvel Universe, the recent Diamond Selects. There were a lot of boots with Marvel Universe, and I went to every single one looking for a baghead Spidey for Justin. And we got there on Saturday... All the vendors either said they didn't have any or they sold out on Friday of them at about $60. It was what they were charging for the Spideys. But in addition to the current stuff, there was just a history of stuff. Mint in Box Secret War stuff. A Mint in Box Mego Spider-Man that I was looking at and like, ooh, do I need to go Mint in Box Mego 250? I passed on it. But it was tempting because I don't see that at the conventions all that often. Sometimes at Toy Man we'll find some of those. A lot of the Toy Biz stuff, a lot of older Marvel Legends from when Toy Biz had the line, there was a Hulk Leader 2-pack that from the Peter David run that I was really kind of eyeing, and a lot of toys there. I ended up, though, I guess I was feeling a little cheap, and we'll talk about why after. I ended up only buying a few Toy Biz figures, a couple of the Generation X figures that I've been missing out on, and a couple translucent figures, including this really weird Professor X in multi-dimensional or space armor, because, you know, Professor X, paraplegic, obviously going into these different space-time dimensions all the time. That's I think of him as an explorer. He is, and he can do amazing things. So, there was one booth that had all those figures... Four figures for $10, so I got eight figures, and that was my big toy haul. I did also get that Avengers 4-pack. We talked about this on the show a long time ago. They are probably 7-inch figures. If the Legends are 6-inch and the Selects are 8-inch, this hits the middle point. We saw these once, once, at a Disney store. And the paint apps at that Disney store were so bad, I looked through the entire stock, didn't find any, never saw them show up at Disney stores online. We went back to the same Disney store maybe a month or two later, gone. So this was the first time I'd seen a set. They were $40, $10 a figure at the Disney store. The guy gave me a set, and it looks to have really good paint app for $20. Yeah, you did get some good deals. Now, I know that you were helping me look at the toys, but you also look at 
the crafty items and the girly items, and somebody stole your idea for squinky earrings and was selling those. Yeah, there was a booth that had just tons of the squinky earrings, which I'm not the first person to create it. They're all over Etsy, too. They were charging $15 for each pair, though. I thought that was kind of pricey. Usually, there's a lot more of the crafty jewelry kind of booths. There weren't that many this time. I did pick up a Marvel Comics messenger bag that's fabric, and it's actually a really great messenger bag for my camera. Perfect. My camera padded insert fits down in there. It's got pockets on the outside, zipper pockets on the inside, and on the outside, it's a great camera bag. I think I only paid like $25 for it. Yeah. We were looking for messenger bags for our trip to Europe because theft of cameras is a big thing over there. So you don't want to carry a camera bag. They always said carry a messenger bag. And we found a couple of, what, ebags.com or something that were decent. They fit the purpose, but they have a lot of little problems with them, like the top doesn't open. And I'm not going to do a full review of the bags, but what I love about this Marvel bag wasn't just the very loud, garish, comic booky design on it, but that it had a Velcro closure, strong Velcro, a zipper top in addition to the Velcro, and then a zipper pouch on the outside. You've been able to fit your iPad and your camera into this bag, and it really is a fun way to carry a lot of stuff. It is, and it's really nice, so that will, will be my new con bag. Where I spent most of my time was in Artist Alley, and that's because I've been kind of pulling back. C2E2 was my first time really digging into sketches, and I I may have gone a little overboard. A little? Yeah. May have? Yeah, yeah, that's what I said. Uh-huh. That's at least what you tell me, is I may have gone a little overboard. I do not use such wishy-washy words when I say that. So I've decided that I'll get one cover per convention. And I was looking at the people who were here, and one of the artists who really stuck out to me was Joe Linsner, who he's best known for the Dawn comic, but for Marvel... He did the Wolverine Black Cat Claws and Claws 2 miniseries that I really liked. And so I decided, since those are the characters he's done for Marvel most, I actually got him to do a Black Cat on a Wolverine comic cover, a blank Wolverine comic cover, kind of tying into that. People who don't know that that's what he did would probably wonder why the hell I got a Black Cat on a Wolverine comic cover. But to me, it made sense. I dropped that off Saturday morning. By Saturday afternoon, he had it done, and it was amazing. He, for free, threw in some color on it. He said he just loves drawing black cats, so he likes to put some extra flourish in there. It does look very nice. I think he did a really good job. And you got a Wolverine. By Franco, the artist, not James Franco, although that would be awesome, too. He's really cute. He's a sketch with crayon. Adorable. Love him. Yeah, I like that he's kind of cursing or has, like, the Charlie Brown scribble of anger over his head. Because you always try to get kind of a quickie, cutesy sketch as we go to these cons. It's kind of, I was patterning myself after you with the way you got the one sketch per con. I do one sketch per con, no more than $25, and it's one of the quick sketches. Sometimes that 25 is negotiable if you really like the art. That is very true. Then I found out very last minute, J. Scott Campbell, superstar cover artist has the sideshow statues coming out was doing quickie sketches for $50 at the first hour of the convention and he very rarely does sketches like this his big thing was that he had a new book and inside the book he'd stick a golden ticket and if you got the golden ticket you'd get that sketch of the day and he'd already drawn it but to get a sketch from him was kind of cool so I added that to my one just because it was a quickie head sketch 
I was trying to think who to get. He's mostly known for his female figures. And I'd seen already he did some Mary Janes and some Gwen Stacys. He's known for a lot for Spider-Man, especially with those statues. The problem was there was nothing distinctive about them. So even though I'd already gotten a black cat from Linsner, I decided to get a black cat from J. Scott Campbell as well. I think that was a good choice because with the mask and everything and the fur collar, it's very recognizable who it is. And that was cool. But my best purchase from the con happened to be an incidental purchase while I was standing in that line. Yeah, well, I was standing in the line most of the time for you, and his first hour of the convention rules ended up being a line for two hours because he didn't show up for the first hour because he was eating breakfast, as I understood. So I waited in line while you went and did all your stuff that you needed to do, and I heard all these people drooling over the golden ticket thing. But you were flipping through the book and you found the original sketch for the Sideshow Mary Jane statue that they did. Yeah, this book, I was just kind of looking through it kind of the way you might look through the diamond case at Tiffany's. As in, there's some really nice stuff in there, but there's no way in hell we can go home with it because it's too expensive. I mean, he'd had original pieces in there, pencils and inks, and the one that was on top had a price of 6.5K. And so it's like, yeah, you know, I don't have it. I didn't see the point, so I thought it was $65,000. I'm like, uh, yeah, let's not get, let's get away from that book. But here's the thing. I'm, my mind whirs, and I start thinking how much he charges for a sketch, and I start looking at the books, and the books were 30 apiece, and there's a golden ticket in the book, and I started doing the math of, well, if I buy all of his books... <laughs> How much would that cost me to get a guarantee of that golden ticket? I didn't do it. I know you didn't do it, but you thought about it. And I, I could see it in your head. I could see your gears turning, and it really worried me. Well, I decided it might be a little bit more rational to look through that book and see if there was something less than $6,500. And there were a few pieces, but nothing really caught my eye till I flipped to this one page, and I could not believe it. It was smaller art. But he had the sketch for the Gwen Stacy Spider-Man statue that we saw at Comic-Con. And it was the original sketch. It was $425. And I'm like, oh my god, that's the original pencil sketch for a statue. This is the only original in existence here. And he's only selling it for $425. The problem is that just that Gwen Stacy statue we talked about at Comic-Con didn't think it came out that well with the rain on the umbrella. It looked like the umbrella was a weapon. So I turned the page, and for 450 he has the original sketch of the Mary Jane. Now, on the same page is a sketch for a Wonder Woman and a Baroness. So I don't know if those are also some things that he may have pitched a sideshow. I talked to them about it at the con, and his buddy who helped him run the booth said that he drew this stuff three years ago and Sideshow is just now putting the statues up for pre-order. So those have been in the works for quite some time. And I looked at him like, well, I know I'm getting that Mary Jane statue. I really liked it. And to have the original pencil drawings that were given to Sideshow to create the statue. Yeah. So I got that for 450 and compared to some of the other prices in that book, I consider that a steal and definitely my favorite purchase of this con. No, it is kind of cool that you got it because it's better than a sketch, I think. It's something really cool and original. Yeah, because it 
actually is a part of something that was produced, you know? A sketch is awesome because it's something for you, but this feels almost like a storyboard from a movie. Yeah, I think it's awesome. I plan on actually matting it so that the Wonder Woman and the Baroness aren't ruined, but they're obscured by a large matting, and maybe I can do something to make the mat interesting or something, but... That way, when I display the Mary Jane statue, I can just have this pencil art behind it. I'm also planning on scanning it and seeing about finding somebody to just do a digital color or something. That would be very cool, too. So that's where I spend the most of my money was on that one piece in Artist Alley, but well worth it and just a fun con once again. My biggest complaint, though, is this year they really raised the ticket prices and a single-day ticket at the door was $70. Yeah, that's really, 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 really pricey. That's like San Diego Comic-Con prices, and that's ridiculous. Yeah, I was checking out C2E2, and you could get a whole weekend pass to C2E2 for 45 And I realize Rosemont Convention Center, very expensive. Going to two floors may have cost more, but the fact is, this is a convention where I find the panels to be mostly uninteresting. They're not going to break news or show you early footage like they do at San Diego Comic-Con Hall H. So if you go, you're going to shop or you're going to get autographs. So you're going to spend more money once you get in. You're paying for the privilege of spending the money. (laughs) Yeah, I just, I I don't see why they're so expensive this year. It's crazy. Especially you also have to pay like $30 to park. So they're going to price themselves out of the market if they're not careful. That's my fear. I did check their site. Wizard World Chicago is the most expensive Wizard World. And when we were going a decade ago, perhaps that was warranted when you had DC and Marvel here and exclusive toys that were being sold only at Wizard World Chicago. But now, the value per dollar, I mean, we go because it's what we do. This is kind of our lifestyle is going from convention to convention. But for the average Joe who's just looking for a day of entertainment or something, I'm not sure that this has the value per dollar. Yeah, I agree. It's just way too expensive. That's not good. And the one thing they've got also, and just Rosemont, I'm sure, but a lack of food places. And this year, because they changed venues, there was only two places serving food. And, but they also had the same number of open bars you could go to and just get drunk. And there were drunk people, but it just seemed like they lacked facilities at this one. Yeah, there was one Starbucks and you could not get in it. No, no, no. The line was insane all day long. I honestly think the line for Starbucks was longer than the line for Robert Rodriguez. That's entirely possible. But, I mean, we had a good time. I don't regret going or anything. It was a fun, fun time. And, again, the shopping, just all the variety of stuff, even if I didn't buy a ton of it, great to get in there and see it. I did have one last funny thing. Scott Blair, an artist who I got a commission from at C2E2, was there. And I happened to stop and just chat with him since I'd got that commission last time and talked to him about the upcoming Marvel movies and whatnot. He was really excited for Guardians of the Galaxy and Age of Ultron. But then I noticed he had a sign, we'll trade art for hot toys. And he wasn't joking. He's really into hot toys, but can't justify the expense. So if he can do a commission and get a hot toy, he said at the last con he went to, somebody traded him a Captain America hot toy in exchange for 11 by 17 piece. Huh. Well, good luck for him. Yeah. So we uh, talked about our hot toy collecting for a while and then I moved on. But 
it was a fun con. Uh, wasn't overly populated. I mean, we were able to get everything we wanted, including the J. Scott Gamble thing. It could not have been overly populated because of the price of tickets this year. Yeah, Saturday was pretty busy. We did go back just for 20, 30 minutes on Sunday. Picked up some Greg Horn art and things. But, no, all in all, a really good time. And I think this is our last comic convention till New York in October. Yep, we get a little break, and we're pretty sure we're going to New York Comic Con, so we'll have a full report. And that's all we've got to say about Wizard World this year. So that's our show for this week. We're going to be back next week with a very special episode of Marvelicious. Oh, is this the one where Justin goes to buy the bike and then the guy makes him take off his pants? <laughs> that's every week. It is. You're right. <laughs> Justin, quit buying bikes. You're starting to enjoy it a little too much. <laughs> I'm just going to start calling you Dudley. Hey. <laughs> but we are going to be joined by David Vonner, the former Hasbro head of the Marvel Universe line. He's going to be filling us in about his work on that line, what he thinks of the current directions of the line, and so much more. So all that and more on the next Marvelicious. Thank you for listening to this episode of Marvelicious Toys. If you enjoyed this podcast, please help our show by leaving a positive review for the show on iTunes. There's even more Marvelicious content at our website, MarveliciousToys.com. At the site, you can see pictures of the products we discussed, find checklists for Marvel toys, talk and trade with the Marvelicious forums, and much more. It's all at MarveliciousToys.com. We want to hear your thoughts on Marvel collectibles. You can leave reports of your latest toy finds, as well as product reviews, on our voicemail at 803-MARVEL-4. Or email an MP3 or iPhone voice memo to show at MarveliciousToys.com. Marvelicious Toys is produced and edited by Artie Carvalho. Marvelicious website design by Jason. Graphic design by Justin. Website photo editing by Jen and Jeff. Podcast enhancement by Andrew, Shane, Daryl, and Barrett. Announcements by Brock. The Marvelicious theme song, Bam Pow Kablam, is composed by Joe Harrison. See more of Joe's work at www.starwarsfanworks.com slash lionsmouth. If you also like Star Wars, Star Wars Collecting is covered weekly at our other podcast, Star Wars Action News, which you can find at swactionnews.com. Marvel Comics and all of the Marvel Multiverse contains are the intellectual property of Marvel Entertainment Incorporated, a subsidiary of the Walt Disney Company, and no infringement is intended. Marvelicious Toys is a Venganza Media production, copyright 2013, all rights reserved. And no part of this show may be reproduced, repurposed, or redistributed without the written permission of Venganza Media Incorporated. You know what's funny is this, what this reminds me of is my grandma had a friend who would just go to other garage sales and buy things so she could have a garage sale. Oh, wow. <laughs> That's what you do when you're 90. I guess so. <laughs> the dogs are eating limes. All right. In terms of the depth and the superstars they had there. Been in the middle of the. Following the road for three miles. Had that. I'm sorry. I saw these at a Disney store once. 
once. Yeah, you got some good deals. Did pick up a. That I mean, don't drive on the side. You know, don't drive on the shoulder. I.